All right, ladies and gents, we are live. You get a dual Wednesday package today. And I got somebody who lived in their car for a while and built a huge business with zero dollars. How do you do that? Let's find out. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. <laughs> what up, ladies and gents? Man, I got a good show for you guys today. Got a coach here, Joe Seaman. I mean, this guy's got a great story. I'm not even going to tell you much about what it is. I'm going to let him tell the story through his own words. All I got to say is he left the Windy City. He came here to Cali with like nothing in his pocket but a car. And, and, and man, Joe, you got a, you got one heck of a story. Can you tell me like just at the beginning part, what goes through your head where you can just decide to say, all right, I'm leaving Chicago. I'm going to California. I got nothing going on here anyways, but I'm just going to go. Like people don't do that. Normal people don't really do that. What made you so? What made you a little special that way? Dude, I, I mean, you guys are expecting some big fancy answer, and I'll give it, I'm going to give you the number one thing that went through my head. Um, you know, I woke up one morning, working three jobs, living paycheck to paycheck, and uh, it was about nine degrees outside in Chicago that that morning. Nice. And I remember logging into my bank account, checking my bank account. And realizing that just the circumstances around me just didn't seem to be getting better anytime soon. And I just made this, you know, decision that, hey, if I'm going to have to live paycheck to paycheck, you know, I might as well live paycheck to paycheck in some 80 degree weather. Mm -hmm. Not zero mm -hmm. degree weather. That Dude. to me at the time felt like a very intelligent decision. I didn't put very much thought into it other than that. I figured I'll make some phone calls, get a job interview on my way somewhere. You know, things worked out, dominoes lined up, you know, God was working in my favor a little bit, and uh, I landed here on the West Coast. So you get here on the West Coast. You still don't really quite have a job. Um, now you're you're doing things on your own. Now you're into domination selling. Like, you got something major here. I really like the story of an underdog. I really like the idea that we don't all have a plan right out of the gate, right? Like, we, there's so many people who are in a situation that are just like yours. They, they're going paycheck to paycheck. Maybe they're not moving across the country, mm -hmm. but they're ready to make a change. They're, they're, they're done with something. Mm -hmm. And what you said was you made a decision. And I think what a lot of people fail to do, myself included, is to decide that I'm going to make a change, that this is my new thing. And what you did was burn those boats behind you. You're like, poof, I'm gone. Peace, Chicago. I'm over here. So you get here with no backup plan, no nothing. How do you turn that into something that's you know going to keep you going when everybody's telling you, Joe, it's probably not a good idea. You don't even have a job yet. Look, man, for, for people who watch podcasts, I mean, you, keep, you guys keep hearing these stories one after another. And the common denominator is very simple. If you learn how to see it, you got to learn how to recognize the situation. Mm. Every time you're going through a tough time, I mean, if it's repetitive and it's in you, you know, it's something that you need to be aware of or you need to correct yourself, right? That's one thing. But if life is coming at you from every angle, you know, some of us, the way we saw it was that is what is necessary to happen to prepare you for what you're capable of, for where you're headed. 
it's not a dead end. It's not you against the world. It's not the end of, you know, uh, it's not like the world's coming down on you. Why me type of situation. It's more like, look, I have not met a self-made successful man or woman that has not been through shit Mm -hmm. (laughs) several Mm -hmm. times. And, 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 you know, here's what was going through my head, bro. I was like, look, worst case scenario, I sleep in my car. I hook up a job interview. It's not like I have zero experience. It's not like I don't know how to talk to people. It's not not like I don't know how to, you know, present myself well. And I'm like, I'll figure it out when I freaking get there. And, you know, one thing led to another. I made some phone calls and uh, actually landed a job interview my first morning in California at a health club, which was the perfect fit for me because I was really into fitness and I was really into sales, you know. And so, bam, right off the bat, I made I didn't have credit. I didn't have a bank account. I only had one friend here in California, you know, who was kind of busy doing his own thing as well. Helped me a little bit, made some introductions. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I woke up, I'm breathing, the sun's hitting me in the face, you know, and I'm like, it's go time. It's go time. You have to, you have to, you know, realize that, that the, the, the painful part, the suffering part, the depression part, the emotional roller coaster will only last as long as you let it how much of that dude let's let's dive into that because i I talk about that stuff so much i always mention how you're in control you yourself like there's a lot of things that are going on in your life and we're really quick to point the finger at somebody else right Mm -hmm. that guy cut me off that guy was a jerk my boss was you know didn't let me get ahead it's always Mm -hmm. somebody else's fault but the truth is the the i mean the hands down truth is you know when you made a decision you made that decision. And in, in today's world, when people decide they're going to do something, it's because they're making that decision. Other people don't really control what happens in your life. You got to get you straight first before you can go ahead and move forward. Um, yeah, yeah. When, when you're talking to clients, when you're talking to people that are that are ready to do something, they just don't quite know what that is. How often is it they don't know who they are? These are deep topics, you know, And I find that a lot of people online and on podcasts have all these cliche ways of trying to describe something in some type of meme Mm -hmm. postable format, you know, and it's, it's very simple. Like it's look, I'm not in control of everything going on in my life. There are some things that I have to, you know, adjust, you know, take a blow, you know, glide and swerve, duck and swerve, whatever you want to call it, and then be ready to go again. This year is a prime example of that. This year is a prime example of that. I mean, just six months ago, during the early parts of a pandemic, I'm 15 years into my sales coaching career and 40% of my business disappears in two weeks. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? But having been through so many other situations, I, I, I react, I adjust much more quickly. So what I can tell people is this. I'm not going to give you some fancy freaking meme that we can post later. What I want the audience to know is you're going to decide how long you go down for or how long you're distracted or how long you're upset at your ex or your boss or the situation or your finances. But the second you go, okay, look, it is what it is. I I know the situation I'm in. I accept the situation that I'm in. What am I going to do about it now? How can I take the next step? How can I make a step in the right direction without burning a bridge, without, you know, um, disrespecting others, without stealing, without, you know, all these other things that, that go through your head. And I don't know those are extreme situations. It's not always that extreme. 
But it's like, what do I need to do next? What is the next step that will make me feel like I'm headed in the, in the right direction? And you keep doing that. And guess what? After you take four steps, something else comes out of left field and tries to smack you around. And you're like, oh, you're trying to smack me around? That's why I love, you know, some of the things that Gary Vee says. He's like, go ahead and punch me. Like, I can take a punch. It's not a big deal. Like, I've been getting punched. You're not going to knock me out. Like, if anything, I'm going to get up even quicker than you and figure out the situation. And it's, it's not so much that there's some magic formula. It's we need to simplify this whole process of progress. Not everybody needs to be massively financially successful. Not everybody needs to become a millionaire. Not everybody needs to become an entrepreneur, although we do need a lot more entrepreneurs in our country so that we can help control the situation that's going on. Right. But in the nutshell, everybody needs to make progress in order to feel good about their life and their situation. It doesn't matter where you're at in your life. And, you know, for me, it was more like, okay, what are my skills? What am I, what am I decent at? What am I good at? What do I enjoy? Can I blend those a little bit? Can I turn it into a career? And can I use my skills? So now here's the challenge is some people are really skilled at things that they don't enjoy. Who cares? It's your next step. Well, let me, let me ask you, I mean, so COVID hits, right? Your, your business takes a turn. A lot of people's businesses takes a turn. Yesterday I had lunch at a restaurant. We went there and, you know, anticipating to have sushi and we get there and they're like, no, dude, the sushi section, we closed that two months ago (laughs) and we had to lay off 60% of our staff. Like that's a hit, right? But I've talked, I also had a conversation yesterday with a buddy of mine. He's in financial planning and tax preparation. And he was like, dude, this has been one of the best things. I went completely remote. I've doubled my business. Like when you talk to different people in different aspects of their mm-hmm. of their life, they mm-hmm. come at the, at problems completely different, right? They see yeah. a problem as an opportunity where the same problem presented to another person is the end of their what they're thinking and how they're moving. Mm-hmm. Like the it, I almost feel like some people like you either got it or you don't. Yeah, let's talk you, about that for a second, man. Cause I'm, I'm actually, I don't, there are some things in life that maybe genetically or inherently that you're better at as a person, right? Like for example, I'm not going to be a, an NBA basketball player, right? Per se. I got a pretty good shot. <laughs> I'm probably not going to make it to the NBA and I can definitely talk shit on the court. I'm really good at that part. Right. right? I'm good at that part. I got that part down. Even if I'm losing, I just still keep talking crap. <laughs> it don't matter. It don't matter. You know, I could be, I could be a hundred points down and I will still look at somebody and be like, that's it. You're going down. You are not scoring ever again in your life. Right. But it's, it goes back way further than that. And, you know, if you're 18, 30, 50, 70, it doesn't really matter. You can accept the fact that 99% of us grew up in an environment where we went from a really confident baby kid, ready to walk, ready to talk, ready to ask whatever questions, wanting to figure everything out, wanting to like, you know, have the best, everything, the best toy, the best this, right? We didn't want to share, we wanted, you know, whatever the case may be. Now we get reprogrammed, mm-hmm. you know, to follow the rules, don't run, don't yell, get good grades. You don't like social studies. You don't like algebra too bad. You have to learn it anyway. And I'm not saying that that's all bad, but what I'm saying is you can see it right now happening in society all around you. Eventually you go through 16, 17, 18 years of that and you stop thinking for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's why I often ask myself if I get stuck sometimes, I'm like, what would the nine-year-old Joe do? Yeah. The yeah. nine-year-old Joe was a badass. He'd be like, I don't care. I'll figure it out. I'm going to get those Jordans. 
I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to get those bat- baseball cards. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to put on whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to mow lawns. I'm going to get people to pay me. I'm going to wash cars. I'm, I'm going to do everything. Like I can do everything. I can make money easy. You know, that kid had not been as programmed as the 20 year old Joe who had a little bit more fear, a little bit more insecurity, a little bit more, you know, doubt in himself because of what was constantly dependent on him. And I don't blame it on the people around me. What it is, is social conditioning in general has been very limiting now for hundreds and hundreds of years, especially over the past 60 to 70 years, especially when you know, it's, it's funny that you, Go it's ahead. funny that you talk about that social conditioning because, you know, I, I teach high school in the morning. I teach a course called financial algebra. I'm helping kids learn how to, you know, buy a house and, and balance nice. checkbooks and all that cool real stuff. Stuff. Right? Real stuff. But, but I have real conversations with them and, and, and that, those limiting beliefs that you're talking about, you know, I, I share with them. I'm like, you don't have to be great at everything. I know for the last, you know, 13 years in school, we've been telling you, you have all these different subjects that you need mm-hmm. to learn about. But the truth is, I mean, you look at Jeff Bezos of the world, that guy, really knows how to get a package from one place to another in the shortest amount of time possible, right? That's his MO. If I go to Jeff Bezos and ask him to balance a chemical equation, he's going to look at me like I'm crazy. He doesn't know that what? stuff, right? Yeah, but, yeah. but but figuring out that one thing is is difficult enough. Then turning around and telling a kid, by the way, that one thing that you do really, really well, um, it's not that million dollar idea. And, and trying to get a kid from today who only sees those glamorous pictures of success on social media to let them know that, Hey man, you can have a beautiful life where you wake up every day and you love what you do because this is the thing that you're good at. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, put that same kid in the sentence saying, by the way, it's not going to be a million dollars. It's only going to be 60 grand a year. Like how do you get people to understand that balance between, you know, happiness is really where we're all about, right? That, that thing waking up every day, like you said, waking up in your car and having the sunshine on you, there's, there's real value in that feeling of freedom that you're here doing what you love to do. But how do you counter it when you're, when we're given this idea of success being that guy that has a million followers or the guy that has that huge bank account, you know, it's defined differently from what reality. There's two things that I've noticed really helped me, Um, you know, because especially even this year, like, you know, I'm a mentor, right? I mentored almost 400 companies now, which is about 30,000 people in person. And doubt hits me every day. Mm. Those thoughts hit me every day. Those excuses hit me every day. So two things that really helped me, especially right now, like let's say you're not in an environment where you have a bunch of like people like us around you. You don't have access to that. You don't have the money to travel and find it. You don't have, but you do have a cell phone. You do have YouTube. Mm-hmm. You do have, you know, podcast. And so, if if you don't, if you naturally don't have the environment, what I'm what I'm getting to here is to reprogram your mind. You have to practice the right messages from the right people in repetition consistently. So you got to expose yourself to shows like this and to other platforms. That may sound boring or repetitive or whatever, but you have to realize you've got years of reconditioning to do. Now, you can do 18 years of reconditioning in three to six months. Your brain is like that. It can literally adapt that quickly, if not even quicker. 
So you've got to expose yourself to the right information, the right people. You've got to hear the right story so that part of you can be like, I need to stop being a little bitch. My situation is not that bad. Mm -hmm. Right. And I need to, number two, step number two, I need to catch myself. I need to learn to catch myself when I'm slipping. First, you know, like maybe you go a week without catching yourself. Then you, you start to become more aware of it. So then you go three days, you catch yourself. Then it gets to the point where you start thinking negative. You start making, you start complaining. And in the middle of your thought, you catch yourself. Nobody even knows you catch yourself. They just think you're positive all of a sudden you're not. You got a little bitch in your head and you've got a superhero in your head. Mm -hmm. And the superhero is just quicker to wake up and be like, shut up. What are you talking about? Don't be weird. You know, like freaking go do what you can today. And if you're exhausted, get some rest. Don't beat yourself up. Try to do a few healthy things. Try to do something reasonable, right? And then wake up tomorrow and then take a step. You know, it's funny that whole that that line right there, you know, where you're tired, rest, right? If you find yourself with low energy, you know, get yourself taken care of. That's why there's a huge parallel between physical fitness and financial mm -hmm. success, because mm -hmm. it has it is part of that discipline, right? Like mm -hmm. there's a reason why at the end of the week I don't always go and party and, and drink and, and have a you know huge mm -hmm. time like that. Why? Because the next day I'm gonna pay for it. So I'm not only giving up that time. In my mind, I'm also giving up that recovery time on, on the other side. Um, the same reason why I go run every day because at the end of the day, I only have so many hours that I'm awake and I would mm -hmm. rather have high energy during those hours so I can be more productive sure. and, and that requires sure. me taking care of myself. But both yeah. of those things, both of those things are personal disciplines. And oftentimes, you know, when, when I talk to people, they, they always look at their past, things that have, we talked about a little bit earlier, things that have happened to them or things that they have learned. And they use those as cop-outs. That's that little bitch you're talking about, right? Those are the cop-out excuses that live in their head that are barriers that are brick by brick put on over time. And now, now they're, they're stuck like they're, they're behind a wall, right? right, and, right. And, and we use, they use excuses that, are, that you and I might not see as an excuse, but they're there. I don't have any money, Joe. I, don't, I can't start a business. I don't have any money. I can't start a business, Joe. I don't know. You know I don't know about a corporation. I don't know what that is. I don't have a, I don't know. I'm not good with numbers. I'm not good with yeah. math, Joe. These are all walls that they put up. It's one of my, um, a couple of our, one of our mutual friends, actually, one of the individuals that helped us set this up when they were first starting their business. They're like, man, I'm just stuck. I'm this, I'm that. You know what I mean? I'm trying to figure out what I should do next, what I should focus on. They're like, what do you recommend? And I'm like, I recommend you move out of your parents' house and go live in your car for five months. <laughs> you will come up with some badass ideas. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, put yourself, look, if you want to speed it up, put yourself in an extreme situation. Don't mm -hmm. put yourself in a harmful situation. Don't put yourself in a massively unhealthy situation. You know, don't, don't, you know, uh, um, cause trouble basically, right? Um, but sometimes to accelerate this, you need to imagine or put yourself in a worse situation. And if you can't do it, just get online and see what's going on across the world right now. Mm -hmm. And imagine yourself in somebody else's situation. If, if for nothing else than to check yourself and have a little freaking gratitude that your complaints and your little situation is not as bad as what you think. It's just maybe, you know, you're, you're, you're feeling entitled or, you know, you're surrounded, you're watching Instagram and Facebook and everything, and you're seeing all this fancy stuff and all this money flying. Yeah, and, and you start to feeling a little bit, you know, left out or like you don't fit in with that crowd. Whatever it is, it's like 
boohoo first world problems. Yeah. You know how a lot of people like Gary, a lot of people feel like self-awareness can't be taught. I 100% disagree. Self-awareness can definitely be taught and it can be accelerated. In fact, over the past four or five years, I started incorporating self-awareness exercises into all the sales teams that I'm mentoring because I realized that when I incorporate that type of, of training and, and uh, you know, personal experience and I'm, 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 when I'm developing people, that their learning curve shortens. Well, and instead of, taking them, instead of taking them three to six months to like for me to help them double their sales, you know, some of them are doing it now in like six to eight weeks. Well, let me, let, let's hover on that because self-awareness is huge, right? Knowing who you are is huge. So help me, give me the skinny. When you're training somebody on getting, becoming self-aware, like what is that in, in court? Like what, what parts, what do yeah. you do there? Like how do you get them you, to that point? There's, there's a couple different methods and I, I tend to, you know, experiment with several. Some of them I'm even creating right now, recreating. But I never know which one is going to be effective for the individual. So I just mm -hmm. kind of dance around different topics from, from time to time. <clears throat> I'll even catch them. Like, I will be the one to catch them. You know, I'll be the one to say, hey, you know, I literally see some of you sitting here listening, absorbing knowledge. I don't see you having any intentions of practicing this. Mm -hmm. You know, I can tell. I'm like, so you need to choose right now that you're going to practice this. When are you going to practice it? I'm going to practice it immediately on my, with my next customer, or I'm going to set aside time tonight to do it. Right. I hear you. Like when people listen to podcasts, they absorb, they hear, they listen, it goes into their head, but they're not applying it to anything necessarily. And, and in some cases when people lack self-awareness, the only time they apply or make, you know, big decisions or major shifts, paradigm shifts in their life, is when they're experiencing extreme pain, divorce, breakup, loss of a job, going broke, embarrassment, losing your home, eviction, whatever the case may be. Then all of a sudden, you know, they sometimes tend to kick into high gear or survival mode, if you want to call it that, and do whatever they need to do. But one of the big ones that I help people to, to reflect on and understand is to ask yourself, you know, at, at the, the optimal you, who is the optimal you? Who is, the, who is like the superhero version of you? Think about everything that you think about. Think about everything that you're good at. Think about everything you've done. Think about every, you know, whatever moments you can drum up in your head and think of your optimal you, like the best version of you. Who is that person now? I want you to write down that person's rules and values. Mm. What's tolerable in your life from others? What's tolerable in your life from yourself? Not you right now, the superhero version of you. What are those rules and values? What's important to you? Who's important to you? What do you want in your life? What do you not want in your life? you know, uh, and so forth. And we try to work on that exercise until a, a person can describe themselves in three or four words. And three or four but, words, um, confident, compassionate, caring, and driven, or whatever their formula is. But who they're and describing I, is their future selves, right? So it gives them the opportunity to become that. It's we have to be work towards. Because if they're able to think of it now, it's not a future self. It is them, but their actions do not match it. Okay their actions and their decisions. Otherwise, they would have been able to think of it. So it is part of who they are, but they haven't learned to tap into it. That makes sense. Right? That like makes sense. A lot yeah. of people, like they know they have these qualities. They know that they feel this way. They know that they care for someone or that they're driven or that they're talented, right? But they don't often tap into it because never in our lives are we taught to expand those thoughts into decisions and actions. Mm. I wasn't. It was a process of learning. You know, yeah. part by accident and part by design. 
So we go through that and then I go catch yourself. So basically you've got to know that whenever you're in a situation that doesn't favor you or you're not heading the right direction, right? You're not accomplishing what you want to accomplish. Instead of the complain, as soon as you hear yourself complain, excuse, you know, get pissed, you know, whatever it is, flip someone off, whatever it is, train the voice in your head to catch yourself, catch yourself, catch yourself. Does you this know, line up? Does this yourself. line up? Yeah. And then ask yourself, you know, yeah, does this line up with my values? Is this who I really am? Mm, yeah, yeah. Now that's, and the that's, further you get away, that I'll share with you guys one little thing. When you're going through a slight depression or you're exhausted or you're questioning your life or why am I not in this or why am I not married, whatever the case may be, why am I not, do not have the money? What it means is your soul is trying to speak to you and it's telling you like what you're capable of, who you were designed to be and what you're doing on a daily basis are out of alignment. Mm. Mm. Your yeah, soul you hear that, you hear that a lot. You hear that a lot. I don't feel like doing something. I don't. I don't have the motivation to. Uh, right. And and I'm a big. I'm. I'm always talking about how, for me personally, I always felt like even when I don't feel like this morning, my alarm goes off at four twenty. I didn't feel like getting up. I didn't feel like starting my workout. I didn't feel like going for my run. Mm-hmm. I did it. I felt better when it was done. Right. But it, I, for me, it's like that, the action, the popping out of bed, the putting your gym clothes on, like all those little actions get you in the, in the, in the mindset where, where now you feel like doing it. I don't, I, I don't know if feelings ahead of time are, are what work for me. Uh, my well, brother, probably, you, probably, you know, in your head, like this morning, myself, when I went to work out, you know, it's kind of like right away, my mind starts going, ah, maybe you should go tomorrow. Uh, maybe you should send some emails out. Uh, maybe you should make a break. Right. And then I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Whenever I don't do this, I'm disappointed with myself. I don't feel good. I start thinking of the ramifications. This is not who I am. Just get it done. I know how, what my energy level is, my focus level, my impact is when I do. Yes. But I'm able to have this conversation in like four seconds now. Yes. Not yes. 20. It's not like I sit there and stare at myself in the mirror and like, you can do it. No, it, it's much, much faster because it's practice. It's not always like that. Now, it, shame on us if we sit here and try to act like we're disciplined every day. No, hell no. You know what hell I mean? No. No. I'm probably about 88% you yes. know, on something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and if I feel like going out with my friends and having a few drinks and hanging out and like not thinking about business, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't, then I start to get like a social loneliness that builds up. You know, and that can have an impact on me. So knowing, you know, what your formula is and catching yourself when you go too far, you know, or when you're we're too far away from who you were really designed to be. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's absolutely true. Understanding that you're still human, right? There's no robots or machines here. Even even the most successful people are still human and have those those little aspects. We think um, we're human. There's a, apparently there's aliens everywhere. <laughs> that's a whole different thing. That's 2020 for you, right? Uh, let's let's shift a little bit. What is next? I don't, yeah, I don't know, man. I keep telling people yeah. it, it's they're gonna come from the heavens, dude. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Those uh telescopes are, are gonna keep it. Aliens want to hang out with me, I'm down. Like, let's let's go do something. <laughs> well, uh, let's talk about an alien subject here the subject of selling. Like, you were talking about selling in a new economy, there's a new mm-hmm. way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, most um, sales information was written prior to 2008. In fact, much more prior. 
I think we can all agree that human behavior, expectations, who we trust, you know, how we experience value um, has changed. Mm -hmm. And uh, most people are still regurgitating the sales training that was handed down for decades and decades. And now that people are sold a thousand times more, our customers have memorized those words. And as soon as they start hearing, you know, those tie downs or those questions or those value building or whatever the case may be, right? The closes, the assumptive, whatever you want to call it, feel, felt, whatever. As soon as they hear that stuff, they automatically disengage or they stay listening so they can gather information from you. But they become resistant. They don't choose you as a partner or decision-making partner. And because of that, conversion ratios have been going down in nearly every single highly consultative industry since 2008. I say 2008 because after the last recession, I noticed a paradigm shift, a very exponential shift in people's uh, behavior, their wariness, their, their um, heightened sensitivity to people who are working on commission, possibly not having their best intentions in mind. And when most salespeople within an industry all use similar language, the customer starts to memorize that language and can no longer determine who's marriage material and who is not because you all look, act, and walk the same. Mm, that's so true. So it talks, you know, it's it's a predominantly creating new linguistics, new language patterns, and much more meaningful tactics that have to do with understanding your customer better than anyone else. You know, it's funny, man, because, uh, you know, I, I've been I've been coaching people now to to help them build a podcasting platform. And when I sit down and talk with with somebody, I'm like, look, you have to have a podcast. And they, think, and they look at me like, you know what? I don't really want to be the next Joe Rogan. It's not really my thing, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you're in sales though, right? And like, yeah. How effective are you at getting that five minute sales call? And they're like, well, you know, I get maybe like, you know, one out of 10 or, you know, one out of 20, whatever their ratio is. What do you mean getting that five minute sales call? Getting to sit down to talk to somebody just to have that. The, the problem is they all approach it like you're saying right now. They're using the same language. They're not sitting down and trying to bring value to their client. They're like, hey, can I get you a five minute cup of coffee? I'm going to tell you all about my product and hopefully at the end you buy it. I mean, that's the pitch that they're using over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm telling them, use something a little bit different. I've been doing a podcast and I don't care who listens, if they listen or not. I'm appreciative if they do, but I use it as a prospecting tool. There has become no other way in today's society where I get to talk to somebody and be like, excuse me, Mr. Prospect, how would you like to come on my show? Tell me all about what you're doing. Talk to my audience and share your products or services. Uh, I got an available date on this particular date. Would you be interested? Nine out of 10 people are saying yes. And, mm -hmm. and that's the establishing of the relationship that I think mm -hmm. most salespeople are missing in general. Sure. There you is know, podcast, no podcast is, is a really interesting field right now because it's become popular. Mm -hmm. So you might say we're going through a podcast boom. Trend. If you watch yeah. any of my other videos, whether on YouTube or Instagram, you know, I talk about how when an industry goes through a boom, it's like a perfect storm and it's much easier to get business, mm -hmm. especially when there's no money involved. So when something is popular, like right now, another one is, is refinancing and mortgages. Yes. You can get a rate for 1.9% right now on certain loans with certain credit, 2.3. What? That's like cheap ass money. Credit card. Like, <laughs> get it? Yeah. So when, Hey, take advantage of it. Take advantage of the industry. Take advantage take of whatever you're in. If you're booming around, I'll take it. But I want you to know you're not a fucking rock star, right? You're in the middle of a perfect storm. Let me see you do that. When there's 30,000 more in competition, when it's already gone through its phase, when rates go back up to 4%, when you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, and what I find is that in a lot of industries right now, especially, you know, big decision, consultative type industries, 
when you go through a, an economic cycle that's challenging, competition becomes more fierce. And so the buyers have the advantage. And so being able to differentiate yourself has nothing to do with your product, has not much to do with your experience. I would say it does have a little bit to do with a lot to do with your reputation. We know that's true in the new economy for sure. Absolutely. But it has to do with your approach. And if I were to give anybody, you know, one big piece of advice that the majority of your conversations, your intentions, the the client life cycle that you're taking somebody through, whether it's you just met them or you're on second base already, is all about getting the best understanding of your potential customer or your audience, better understanding of what is going on, what the underlying circumstances are, what the priorities are, how are decisions made, what would be best, and you become a decision-making partner, meaning you have no interest in pitching your product unless you both discover that it actually really makes sense to do so. That is exactly how I'm trying to describe people to podcasting. See, I, I, I 100% agree with you. I'm like, yeah. you know, you go into this space like, you know, trying to be the next famous person. I mean, good luck. And that's a possibility. Mm -hmm. But you're going to be prospecting anyways, right? And to yep, me, yep. prospecting has always been how do you establish a relationship with somebody? How do you figure out what it is that they need? Mm -hmm. And maybe it's your product or service. It could possibly be, right? But it could be where, you know what? Maybe what the solution you have is somebody in your network and you you can connect these two people together and the solution is there. It still establishes a relationship for you. And I just think yeah. this medium yeah, yeah. allows you to do that. Yeah, you know, a lot of people are, when they engage someone, it's the feeling of I'm engaging you to so that we can do it some type of transaction. Mm -hmm. And I always say, you know, when you when you when when you treat somebody like they're a transaction. They're going to treat you like information. Yep. But you feel it on both know. ends. You know if you're coming at somebody like that. And if somebody's coming at you like that, you know that as well. Like right. It's like you said, we live in an age where you're bombarded by thousands of ads all day long, whether it's mm -hmm. someone trying to sell you on the phone, someone trying to sell you in person, someone trying mm -hmm. to sell you on the net. Like You're conditioned to put up that wall and block yeah. it. So what makes you think on the other side as a salesperson, if you come at them the same way, they're not trying to block you? Yeah, you know, the, the, you know, I've, I've been through this conversation with you know thousands of people now, and although everyone nods their head and goes, "Dude, that makes sense. Dude, that's right. See, that's what I'm talking about." Everybody agrees, but I don't see it in your business. Mm. I don't hear it on your phone calls. And why? It's because you actually have to go through the process of thinking about studying the actual psychology of your process. If you're in sales or business. You should be studying human behavior. And then you've got to work and think, how can I, how can I, you know, communicate so that people, you know, feel that I really am, you know, a great partner for them or somebody that they'd like to network with or do business with. And yes, there's a natural side to it. There are some people that are just they're just great connectors, boom, 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 right? Charismatic. Right. All around everybody, they connect everybody, they don't think about themselves, business comes to them. But those aren't the masses. And when I enter into a company or when I'm working with a sales group, we combine psychology and language, meaning we'll literally document how they communicate and look for words, phrases, and questions that we need to change because they are creating sales patterns and resistance. And then find more meaningful ways, more progressive ways to, to, 
to you know get the message across or to understand our customer better. We redefine the process. We don't do sales process. We don't do presentations. We don't pride ourselves with the product alone. So many people are so romantic about their brand because they created it. Okay, be proud of your brand. Be proud of your company. Don't make it your focus. Your focus is your customer, mm. right? <clears throat> and so forth. So we go through that process, and now it's like, okay, I didn't just hear motivation. I just, I didn't just hear a podcast. I didn't. I actually have word documents and PDFs that are like, say this, not that. Ask this, not that. Hold off on this. Do not say that until the end. How can you be so sure that you hold off? Bad timing. Move this over here. And we re-blueprint. People practice it for you know a few weeks or a couple months, depending on how complex the industry is and how long the sales cycle is. And dude, it's freaking amazing. Then all of a sudden, I talk to them six months later and I'll play phone calls or conversations from six months before and they'll be like, who is that person? <laughs> is that what I used to sound like? Oh my God, who would buy from that douchebag? <laughs> you know? It's, it's amazing. a really interesting process. You can, you can see that we're both you know, kind of fascinated with it. Yeah, but it's amazing what you can do if you practice, right? I mean, and, and you know, you always hear that saying, practice, is, practice makes perfect. I don't believe in there's a perfect, but practice will get you better. Right. It doesn't matter what you're practicing. If you're practicing, you know, sculpting your body, if you're practicing your diet, if you're practicing being a better spouse or a better salesperson, if you dedicate the time to do that, you're going to get better. And then if you meet people like yourself, Joe, you guys can follow him at at Joe Coach or go to his website, joeseaman.com. You know, when you meet people like that, you you take that learning curve and you shrink it. Right. And all of a sudden you, you take that accelerated step because you're not trying to figure it out yourself, which you, I feel you eventually will. You're dependent on people who've already done it, who already achieved the level of success, and they're going to cut some of the crap out for you mm-hmm. and just give you the 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 nitty gritty, the stuff that you need to focus yeah. your attention on. We, we don't live in a world anymore where you can learn on your own through experience and expect to be anybody. Mm. You have to find experts. You have to learn way faster. You have to invest a little bit more time or you're behind. You will always live paycheck to paycheck. You always wonder why one little recession comes and you're on your ass again. You have to accelerate your learning. It doesn't mm-hmm. happen through experience anymore. Experience is helpful and it builds some skin, it builds some resilience, right? You, you, it, it helps, you know, in some cases, not all, might give you some emotional stability. But you find the experts, like right now, online marketing, um, brand building and so forth. I'm not an expert. I'm looking for the right experts who seem to fit my vision and then I have to invest in them and learn from them and, and do what they say. Mm-hmm. In the sales world, I'm an expert. So people invest in me. But this whole concept of wandering around the world, thinking that the government or other people are going to walk into your life and offer you money. What are you, what's wrong with you? You know, those days are gone. Accelerated learning. You have to accelerate. It's the information age, man. We have no shortage of information. The key is to find somebody who's already successful in what you want to do. And then use them as mentors. Because there's a lot of people who sell you a bunch of stuff, dude. You can buy a course on almost anything right now. I can buy a sales course for like six bucks. doesn't mean you have to actually be able to tolerate them. (laughs) If you can't can't listen to somebody for an hour, you're already bored. They're probably not the right mentor for you. Yep. You know, I I think I had one of my clients who um, got back on board. They're a a team of financial advisors, about 18, 18 people or so. But one of the owners was a manager in a company that I had mentored 10 years ago. And 
the first, you know, I thought he was going to come up after our first meeting and shake my hand and be like, hey, it's good to see you. I miss you. How you been? The first thing that came out of my mouth, his mouth, he walks up, he goes, damn, Joe. He goes, you're way more entertaining than you used to be. (laughs) Dude, that's the first thing that popped up in your head. He's like, yeah, you said some funny shit, man. And then he just walked out. And I'm like, what about the content? How is the content? <laughs> the content's better too, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, and just keeps going. <laughs> but that's the that's the good old thing about sales, right? I mean, you hear it all the time. Know, like, and trust somebody. You're gonna do business with them. That's that's exactly right. that is exactly what they're talking about there. He's gonna do business with you forever because he knows you and he likes you, right? And you you he has fun yeah. with you. Look, I mean, hey, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You were on, you were on right there. Yeah, I mean, he has fun with you, right? So, so you have people that are gonna sit in in a presentation that you do, and they're gonna think like, "This guy's mm-hmm. an asshole." Like, I don't like this guy. Like, whatever, yeah. and they're not gonna do business with you. But then there's gonna be people like him, who they're gonna follow you from company to company, refer you, you know, because they like your stuff. That's that's just who we are. I think that's something in sales to come to grips with yeah. too is that you're not gonna make everybody happy. You you be you, do your thing, yep. and, and your tribe will find you. Yeah. The other thing that I would tell people to listen for is you know I'm a, I'm a big you know people fan like i can mm. i can like show love for anybody i can be excited to hang out with anybody but literally out of all and some of these people that i'm referring to are massive successful. they've built businesses they're successful but when i listen to their mentorship i'm like what are you talking about like i can't even understand what you're saying it sounds so so freaking <laughs> out there. like what are these words dude like who i cannot listen to you and then then go know what to do you sound great on Instagram. It makes a, I love it. You know, you got all these mentors where they're out in the street somewhere and all of a sudden they're just talking to random people and they're, they're talking, they're giving advice like in the middle of nowhere, you know, and shooting the clip. Okay. I get it. That's great. Hopefully you can impact someone's life or help someone or maybe find a new member of your team or vice versa. Right. But sometimes I'm listening. I'm like, it, you gotta be practical. You gotta be immediately Im- implementable. You have to be able to relate to the situation. You can't be so far into your success and so eloquent of a speaker that you sound super, super fancy when you speak, but we don't know what the fuck to do when you're done. Mm, you say a lot of words, but nothing makes sense. Exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's so true. There's a time for philosophy, and there's a time for mentorship. And mm. mentorship means immediately applicable, practicable, repetitive type situation. Practical and tactical advice. There you go. I love that, Joe. Hey, man, thank you for spending some time with me today, man. And I, I told yep. you 30 minutes, and we're at 42-minute mark or so. Uh, thank you for spending some of that overtime. Got it, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Good luck to you. Glad you knew I love your hairstyle. Good for you. <laughs> what can I say, man? Me and uh, me and Dollar Shave Club every other day. <laughs> All right, brother. Thank All you right, very much. Hey, God bless everybody. Talk to you soon. Later, guys. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.